these end times. Would you welcome to this podium, amen, from Galveston, Texas, brother and sister, Ronnie Gidrose. God bless you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's give the Lord a little bit more praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, it is so exciting to be in this place, this night, now, now, faith is, and to be in this wonderful church. On a scale of one to 10, I put this church a 100. There ain't no place like this place. So exciting. Oh, it's so fabulous. And to see Bishop teaching this morning, I enjoyed. Drove two hours just to hear him. I didn't want to hear preacher, pastor preach. I want to hear Bishop. I'm just teasing, just teasing. I heard him all the way over here last Sunday's sermon. I'm telling you, you better get a copy or get on the get on the internet and hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it. And then this morning, my God, what a great word from the Lord. And I, I just feel the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. I, I don't have a long sermon, but I feel like I've got something from my heart and from the Lord's heart. Woke up yesterday morning, and I, I just began writing this message out this early in the morning. I just feel like the Lord is in this house to give all of us a new purpose, a new meaning in life. We can't let world conditions, world situations alter our focus on Jesus Christ. Can you say praise the Lord? Come on, praise the Lord. Get your mind off of everything but Jesus right now. Come on, get your mind off of everything but Jesus. This church is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I thank you, Lord. We are so proud of Pastor David Myers and Sister Amy and what they mean to so many, so much to our movement. Jerry Ann and I are lovers of the United Pentecostal Church. Our fathers were in the founding years of this movement. And all of my life, that's all I've known is blessed, godly, praying men of God by the hundreds. This United Pentecostal Church, somebody needs to brag about it every once in a while. I'm gonna brag about it. It is filled with godly praying people. And for 75 years, the United Pentecostal Church has sent out godly praying missionaries all over the world to win millions of people that will never meet till Judgment Day, but yet get to be a part of the reward of their soul being saved because we were able to work with the missions program and reach out to all the world. Can somebody say, thank you, Jesus? That's the big picture, folks. Because if we don't go into all the world, he's not coming back. When you go into all the world in every nation, when the gospel is preached, then he's coming back. Brother Bernard said we're not but about 12 nations away from fulfilling that great prophecy. I am excited about the moving of God's Spirit all over the world. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise His name. And to be here with all of you, I love Bishop and his wife, Dr. Myers, she is so precious, and your pastor, and the boys, and, and Sophia, are they not? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. You ought to fill this church up with people. If, if you know somebody who's having marital problems, family problems, bring them here. 
let them hang around pastor and his wife and won't be long to their marriage going to be right here settled down and on the road to victory everybody say amen I'm reading tonight from from uh, Acts chapter 4 it's a privilege to be here and, and to have my precious wife Jerry Ann my, my wonderful wife for 58 years we celebrated in front of of uh, Biltmore the other day. We chose Biltmore as our property for the millennial reign. <laughs> and uh, Pastor David and his wife are going to be in the White House, so whatever. <laughs> We're going to be kings and priests under Jesus for 1,000 years. Y'all got to put up with us with another 1,000 years, folks, because we ain't going nowhere but right here. <laughs> except for the seven-year training in the University of Jesus Christ in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb on how to come back down here to earth and govern this place. Y'all okay? Acts chapter 4. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the pieces of the, the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who was, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite in a country of the country of, the, of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Heavenly Father, I commit this message and this congregation to you tonight to... Pour out your spirit upon all of us as we cohesively work together in the spirit, Lord. Let the power of God come upon us with anointing. Would you raise your hand and say, Lord, anoint us all. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The title of my message is, Are We Playing? Monopoly with God. I've had a fear all of my life about myself. I have feared. I was raised by a pastor, a preacher of the gospel, my father, V.A. Gidrose. He told me when he was a boy and God called him to preach in the swamps of Louisiana, he was a trapper. And at 16, God called him, and he had to, he had to quit school at, in the eighth grade to support his family because daddy was sick. Dad had an eighth grade education. But he told me, he said, my mother, when I went out to preach my first sermon, my mother took me to the train station, went with me, and she had a little sock in her hand. And in that sock at the train, she said, Navale, I want to I tell you something, Bailey. I made this money selling eggs. And, Bailey, it's $11, and I'm giving it to you for this train ride to go preach. And I want you to promise Mother, Mother, I will never preach for money. And that has stuck with me all of my life. And I watched my father conduct his whole life as a sacrifice, preached nine general conventions. He preached in Duluth, Minnesota at the second general conference in 1949. Preached the message. And I stood where my dad stood and I called my brother Arlen and I said, Arlen, I'm standing where dad preached in 1949, the general convention. He said, I was there. I was 15 years old. 
And he said, I stayed in the basement of that big armory there on Lake Superior in Michigan, Minnesota. And he said, Ronnie, Daddy took a chair. Now, if you'll stand and look at the audience, Ronnie, look over the left, there's a door. And he said, that door, Dad carried a chair on his back and went over that door. And he said, now, if that door was a door to a bar room and I had this chair would represents a cross. If I had a cross on my shoulders, I would not be able to go in there. It would, it would alter my conduct. He said, Ronnie, when he got through preaching on the cross, they were in the floor weeping and giving their lives to the Lord. And I have lived in that atmosphere and that aura of a, of a, a man that has given himself to the Lord, my mother. And, and then I had a pastor for 54 years, Jerry Ann and I did, named James Leroy Kilgore. And Brother Kilgore was a man that gave, his church gave over $9 million to missions. He was a man that died, Jimmy at his funeral said, Dad died with no, no money. The day before he fell, Jerry and I visited him and, and he laid his hands on us and prayed and, and I gave him a little money because he wanted some uh, lobster bisque and I said, Dad, go buy some bisque. <laughs> and the next day he bought the bisque and fell at the restaurant and never woke up. But he, he died with basically no cash in the bank. But yet... At General Conference this year, they opened up the voting session and practiced by saying, if you preachers could choose and name several preachers, which one would you like to spend two hours with in conversation? And Brother Kilgore was voted as the one that they would like to talk to. And my pastor, he had a philosophy. And that was this, if James and Imogene had it and Jesus needs it, Jesus gets it. How many of us could say, I want my legacy to be that after I'm gone, people want to still talk to me. Not because I hoarded, not because I accumulated but because I sacrificed and I gave. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. Let's get in the spirit. Let's get in that spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. I have been raised around that kind of a spirit. And that's why so much has been done and accomplished through the work of men of sacrifice. Paul said, let us offer our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Our pastor invited us to the altar this morning. Bishop talked to us about idolatry. Idolatry is the most heinous sin that a man can commit. Nothing insults God more than for someone to worship another God. A God that has ears but can't hear, hands but can't reach. And our God has ears to hear and he can hear. His hearing is so good, he can hear all the way from heaven. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah. He hears and answers prayer. Has anybody had a prayer answered here lately? Can you shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Our God. Our God is a God of sacrifice. David said the sacrifices of God are a broken and a contrite heart. Our God knows how to sacrifice. In fact, nobody has out-sacrificed our God. Because our God has an altar. And our God knows how to offer even his only begotten son on that altar. 
Can somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. And pastor invited us to an altar. I have been studying a little bit about the altar, the effects of the altar, the, the, the meaning of the altar. It, it is not just a bench. It's not just a stack of stones. But the altar is a place. The altar is a place where a man brings himself and everything that he has to that altar. Everything that God has made him a steward of. Because actually the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And there is nothing that we actually own because the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Who does it belong to? Who does it belong to? It still belongs to the Lord. But we are stewards, and aren't we blessed to be stewards of earthly things? And it's great to be blessed with earthly things. But to whom much is given, much is required. Uh Uh-oh. We can never forget that everything we have is going back to ashes. I read one place where it is assumed that when God crushes the whole universe and it all burns with a, a fervent heat and all the works that are therein, everything in the universe. And I was studying the universe the other day and it, it, it said that from one side, the west to the east, it is, um, it is estimated 360 billion light years apart. Dr. Date said that there are literally trillions of solar systems in our universe. And God is probably still making solar systems. Because anybody that can create as good as God can create, why would he ever quit? It's fun to create, folks. And God is a creator. He's not a consumer. But our God has an altar. And our God knows how to sacrifice. Our God designs sacrifice. Our God patterns sacrifice. And from the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ was crucified, sacrificed in the mind of God before he created the universe. He designed that Jerusalem and the cross would be in the very center of the universe. He built the whole universe around the cross. He built planet earth around the cross. And we've got to build our life around the cross. We can't just eat, drink, and be merry and be selfish all of our life. The educational system of our world will tell you that you want to have enough money that you can't outlive your money. In other words, you can be sick and you can pay for your own hospitalization, so to speak. You can take care of yourself. The world is into investments, and and all of that is great. We do our little share trying to just be frugal and yet uh, survive. Hallelujah. We want to survive. We want to be blessed. I'm, I'm wearing a new suit here tonight. I'm so blessed with a new suit. Steinmark's going out of business, hallelujah. And I got this suit on sale after sale. They kept chucking it down till I had to buy it. I had no alternative. The salesman didn't make me buy it. The sale made me buy it. But I'm glad I got on shoes that, that don't have holes in them. I just had them repaired, glory to God, hallelujah. Amen. How many of you are thankful for everything God blesses you with? But God doesn't bless you with things for you to be enamored, for you to be in love with. You know, A.D. Urson used to say, don't ever say, I love my car. I I love my house. Jerry and I have an old house, 120 years old, and and it it is just a little old shack. 
uh, when we bought it, it'd blow your mind how rotten it was, and we restored it, and, and, and we live in it, and we're as happy as we got a big old mansion eight blocks from the ocean in, in Galveston, and that little old house, we're going to see it tomorrow, and, and it's just a little old house, and, and nobody here has bought a house for $25,000. We bought that house for $25,000. It was so rotten. Are y'all okay? Don't look down on me. We restored it. Took us several years, but we repainted. We replaced. We <laughs> you don't know some of the crazy stuff we did to that house. <laughs> and, and, but I thank God for a little old house. But I can't fall in love with that little old house. Because he said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Because the love of the world is enmity with God. Everybody can scream, I don't like your sermon, Brother Gidrose. But that's got to be the philosophy of us because if you hold on to it, and it is said when God takes the universe and burns it up into one mass, it'll be about as big as a piece of charcoal. Why go to hell over charcoal? Come on. Come on. Come on. Everybody say, I'm not going to hell over charcoal, over money, over love of money, which is the root of all evil. This is a, this is a, a an evangelist to preach on Sunday night when I'm supposed to be reaching souls. I tell you, that, that ghost stuff y'all got up there, I mean, that stuff is in my brain. That is so powerful. That is, that's a, that's a, a symbol of God's purpose for the whole world. Missions is the heartbeat of God. Missions is what is God's enamored with. All God wants after all of this world is cut through with is a church because our God said, you give and it shall be given to you. And I know you think that's because we want money. We're not asking for money. I'm not preaching for money. I am preaching to you tonight that God is so into making sure that every man, he said, no man having left houses, land, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, for my sake are the gospel. Come on. My dad's tombstone says, 61 years in Pentecostal gospel ministry. No man having left houses, lands, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers. For my sake of the gospel, I will give it in this life a hundredfold. And in the world to come, eternal life. He is so into making sure that when you give, it shall be given. That he won't even let himself be cheated. God's not going to be cheated, folks. When all this is said and done, God's not going to be cheated. Because he is going to present to himself. He's going to reward himself. We used to have a preacher named W.E. Gamblin. He preached at General Conference one night, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. He said, I give gifts to my grandchildren, gift to my children, gift to my wife every Christmas. But he said, I go down to the store, and I buy me a great big old gift, and I put W.E. Gamblin on it. And I put it under the tree. And I give to myself a gift every Christmas. I like W.E. Gamblin. <laughs> Everybody say, God, God will not God let me, let me be, cheated. be cheated. Because anything, anything that God calls me to sacrifice, he will restore because our God is not a consumer. He is a creator. God is not a consumer. Anything you give, 
He just takes it and makes it matter and creates and gives it back to you multiplied like the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. You'll never give God a penny and get a penny. You'll give God a penny. The widow gave God a penny in the treasury. Because you see, every sacrifice carries a message with it. You remember? And Jesus stood up and said, all you guys wrote those great big old checks and put it. I saw you waving those big checks. You made some big money and now you're giving. Why don't you just take it all home with you? Because this little widow woman has given one penny and she's given more than all of you put together. Because the message of her sacrifice was I gave him all. And that's what counts in God's kingdom. Can somebody shout hallelujah? God will never rip you off. We went over to Kenya and preached. Jerry and I did back in Kakamega in the rainforest. And the preacher that was the most on fire for God was a district secretary, and he was on the platform way out in the woods, folks. I mean way out in the woods. And, and, and he was so excited. And, and here's a story about that man. That man was in the automobile when Brother Couples, the missionary, was killed in a car wreck. And he, he no, he was, a, he was a passerby of the car wreck. And he, he saw Brother E.L. Freeman's head hanging out of the threshold on one side, dripping blood, and Brother Couples dead on the other side. And that man said, if that man can shed his blood for my nation, I can live for his God. And this was about 35 years later at least that I met this man and he was still on fire for God. Hallelujah. When you shed one drop of blood, it counts big for God. It works for an eternal weight of glory. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Can somebody shout hallelujah? But you know how we do? We can play Monopoly with God. And, uh, and when we play Monopoly with God, God's, God's the banker. <laughs> and everybody say, God's the banker. I, I love to play Monopoly. And, and it's so much fun to play Monopoly. And when you play with me, every five minutes, everybody gets $500. And the game goes all night. <laughs> and in a game of Monopoly, Monopoly, you've got, everybody say money. money. Come on, money, money, money. Amen. Money, money, money. Amen. And, and, and life is a whole lot like Monopoly. Because... You've got a community chest. I, I want to tell you this little story. My, my sister, she's deceased now. She was highly intelligent. She was a union negotiator for, Petroleum, for Phillips Petroleum Company. And, and, and in the last few years, of her, she built the biggest Sunday school Brother Kilgore ever pastored. She spent 20 years building him the last Sunday school of his uh, ministry. My sister, we were playing Monopoly one night with my brother-in-law and my sister, two sisters, my wife and I, we were all playing Monopoly. And my sister Boots, she bought, she bought, uh, uh, she, she bought, uh, no, she didn't buy Boardwalk. She is over here uh, on Baltic Avenue and, and Mediterranean Avenue. And she bought it. And, uh, uh, actually, my brother-in-law bought it, and she landed on it. And when she landed on it, he said, you owe me $2. Well, she had just begun her Alzheimer's challenge. 
And I mean, that woman got so mad. We laughed and laughed. She said, you dog. You dog. And it was only $2 of Monopoly money. That's all it was. And, and, and we, we get to playing with God, and, and God blesses us with houses and hotels. Come on, hallelujah. And God blesses us, and I think it's so great for God to bless us. How many of you know that God knows how to bless? Amen. God's a blesser God. He blessed Adam and Eve whenever he created them. He blessed the disciples when he was parting, going to heaven. He blessed them. Our God's a blesser. Yes. How many has ever been blessed by God? Amen. And Abraham was blessed by God. God made Abraham rich. He had camels. He had he had oxen, sheep, and gold. He was, the Bible says God, God prospered Abraham. And, and Abraham came out of a quarry of unbelief. His father was an idolater. And he came out of that quarry. But in that quarry, evidently, Abraham had an altar. And when his daddy said, come over and help me, boy, uh, I'm making an idol that's going to make a lot of money in the market. And Abraham said, no, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't work with that, Dad. I, I feel a call. I, I, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. And my roots are not down here. My, my roots are up there. And, and uh, I, I want to see the city uh, whose builder and maker is God. And, and his daddy never could talk him in into uh, working with him. He separated his spirit from his father's spirit. When you have an altar, you can bring all of your monopoly, all that you own in this world. You bring it to God and you just stack it up. Here it is, Lord. And every day, come on, every day, everybody say you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to run. When you get on the altar, it's not a gamble, folks. You can't lose with God. Put all of your houses every day when you come to God. Pastor, you called us to the altar this morning. You told us, Pastor, to bring everything to the Lord. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Everybody say every morning when I go to prayer. Every morning when I go to prayer. I bring all of my monopoly to the Lord. And I say, now, Lord, here I am, Jesus. I'm here, dear God, with everything I own. And I don't have sticky fingers. I'm not in love with this, this house or this hotel or, or this automobile. Oh, Lord, you bless me. But I'm only a steward. This is all going to be taken from me. You get it all back. And every day at your altar, Lord, every day, I reestablish your firstness. I reestablish your superior almightiness of my life. I am nothing without you. I can't even breathe without you. I've got to have you. And every day at my altar, I establish your firstness. And that I don't love this world, neither the things that are in this world. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Oh, God, I'm not, I'm not going to play Monopoly games with you, Lord. I'm going to literally bring everything I have every day. And Abraham came out of that quarry with his dad, and, and he went to, to hear Heron. And when he got to Heron, he, he built an altar. He built, everybody say, he built an altar. Then they, they went to Shechem and he built an altar. Built an altar. And that altar was not just a piece of furniture. For him to look up to God and say, God, I got an altar. You may have an altar, but are you on the altar? Are you on the altar? Isn't it interesting that Solomon and everywhere Abraham went, 
He built an altar. He built an altar. No wonder God blessed him. Because he had a perspective on it. He had an understanding. It ain't mine. I don't have no sticky fingers. Everybody say, God help me not have no sticky fingers. Come on. God help me not to be money minded. Help me not to be worldly minded. Help me not to love. Help me to appreciate. Take care. That's fine. Invest. Fine. But it's still not yours. And if God calls you and says, I want this hotel. Oh, but that's on boardwalk. Uh, I, I want this hotel. It, it's on Marvin Gardens. Mediterranean. It ain't worth much. Oh, that's easy. I can, I can give you a sick lamb, Lord, but I can't give you my little sheep that I'm raising for my college education when I go to the FFA show and, and they sell it on the auction and I have my education paid for. I, I can't give you my big sheep, but I can give you my little bitty sheep. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And everywhere Abraham went, and he taught Isaac. And when Abraham was rich with cattle, and he moved on with Lot up to Haran, and then they separated, and God blessed him. He was so rich. And then God conquered five kings and gave him all of the spoils of five cities. And Abraham is now a multi-billionaire. And all of a sudden, nobody prompted him. Nobody taught him. He didn't have a Kenneth Copeland. He didn't have a, uh, a, 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 a he didn't have a, 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 a Mr. Uh, TV evangelist that can put it in your head. That, yeah, I say unto thee, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90. Oh, yeah, $90,000. Yeah, yeah, you give 90. Yeah. No, he had no TV evangelist. He had no pastor. He had no mentor. He had no instructors. He just gave everything to God. And who does God call his friend? Because after he gave him all of the, kept everything on the altar, cattle, camels, oxen, then the spoils of five cities. And he puts it on the altar. And then God says, okay, there's one more thing I need. I, I want your boy. And when Abraham took that boy, oh my God, I've got a son named Eldridge. He couldn't come tonight, but I want him to be here so badly. But when Abraham took Isaac, laid him on that altar, here I am, Lord. You want my boy? I am Mr. Obedience now. I will obey you, Lord. I don't love this world. I love Isaac, but I don't love him more than I love you. And whenever he laid him on that altar and raised that knife and said, son, when I count to 10, it's coming down. I love you, boy. And I know it hurts. It hurts me to even think about this, but I'm going to give you to the Lord. And, and, and he raised that knife and God said, Abraham. And when he dropped the knife in the thicket, God provided. Friend, you will never give without God giving back to you. It's impossible. It's impossible. And if Abraham would have killed Isaac, there'd have been no Jacob. If there'd have been no Jacob, there'd have been no 12 sons. If there'd been no 12 sons, there'd be no 12 names on the gates of the city that Abraham looked for. If he would have killed Judah, there'd have been no Jesus. If there had been no Jesus, there'd be no 12 apostles' names on the foundation stones of that city. That Abraham said, I'm looking for a city. Your name may not be on a gate. Your name may not be on a foundation. But your name is in the land book of life. You won't be cheated. You will not be cheated, Abraham. Woo. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah. 
2,000 years after Abraham offered Isaac on that same little hill is where Jesus Christ was brought by Almighty God and laid on an altar. The cross was God's altar. And Abraham, it could be said, mentored God and taught God how to offer his only begotten son. I'm not saying it happened, but it was... It could be said that if Abraham can offer Isaac for the world that I love, I can sacrifice my only begotten son. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. God never forgets what's anointed. And our tithing is anointed by the Lord. Everybody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't touch God's anointed. Don't, don't touch the tithing. And when God calls you to sacrifice, remember, he's a creator. He's just going to take what you have. They sold houses, lands. And he said, if you sell mothers, you get rid of mothers and fathers, neglect everything. It won't be forgotten. No matter what you give, what you sacrifice, it will not be forgotten by God. Oh, I love him, don't you? Come on, I love him, don't you? Can you shout hallelujah? hallelujah? And when we give something to the Lord and we anoint it to the Lord, we give it to the Lord, remember, don't take it back. Don't take it back because God doesn't fool with that. 952 years before Belshazzar in the Hanging Gardens of Babylon picked up that that chalice. He looked at that cup that came out of the tabernacle that God said, don't touch, don't, don't ever let it leave the tabernacle. That's holy. It's a holy vessel. And when he looked with a rebellious heart, worshiping idols, intoxicated, and you don't want me to describe the vulgarity of that, that place at that time, but at that, at that intoxication, he looked at that, and he said, I, I don't see any anointing 952 years before this moment that anointing was put on that cup. I don't see any anointing. Whether you see it or not, it's there. And they were all screaming, drink, big daddy, drink, big king. And when he put that chalice to his lips, and looked on to the other side, he saw a hand without an arm that said, I'm killing you tonight. And that night, he died. Because you never defy the anointing of the Lord. And at God's altar is where he anoints us. How many want to be anointed? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm married to a woman that lives. She lives not in love with money. Daddy was killed when she was four. Her mother, her sister died at 13 with leukemia. Her mother died when she was 19 right before our wedding. And then my wife inherited a little house from her daddy's death money of $1,900 in 1946. She inherited a little house, and we were pastoring a church in Alabama, and, and Jerry and said, Ronnie, we've got to salvage this church. It's 28 payments behind when we took it, and we didn't know it. And we had to salvage it, and she said, sell my house, and we sold that little house if Jesus needs it. And Jerry's got it. Jesus gets it. And then her grandmother willed her a 70-acre plot of land in East Texas, and we had loblolly pine planted on it, hoping that at her retirement she'd have a, a nest egg. And we were passing another church, and that we were in our living room in Houston, founding a church, and, and, and it was full. And she said, Ronnie, you, you've rented that piece of property out on 1960. Uh, 
you got to build a little building on that building. And, and she said, sell the land. And so we sold it, built a little building, started out on rented property. And then if Jerry has it and Jesus needs it, Jesus gets it. Time. A few months later, we were building a church, and grandmother dies, and a nest egg of 25,000 came to Jerry in, and we were building, and she said, keep building, Ronnie, keep building. We just gave, because if Jesus needs it, and Jerry's got it, Jerry gets it, Jesus gets it. And somebody raise your hand and thank the Lord for his Holy Ghost touch that's in this room. We're not playing Monopoly with you, Lord. You have blessed us now, Lord, and you're the number one sacrificer for your mission. Pastor preached that revival is missions. And we're at your altar tonight. And now, Lord with our hands raised and our eyes closed. I want you just to envision that except a man take up his cross and follow me, you've got you to gotta live with your altar. You've got to carry that chair to the door and let that, let that cross change your life. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day. Could we all just stand and just bring everything in our minds and hearts to the Lord? Just raise it up. Say, Lord, I'm at my altar now. I carry my cross every day, Lord. If Jesus needs it, the New Testament church had no finances to evangelize the world. And after the Holy Ghost was poured out, they started selling properties and brought millions of dollars to the apostles' feet and turned the world upside down as pastor preached this morning. Hallelujah. God has always financed his kingdom. God's always financed his church. God's always financed his people. And God's going to take care of you because no man, not even God, is going to be cheated when it's all said and done. Can we give the Lord a clap of praise? Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's all yours, Lord. I offer my body a living sacrifice. Everything that I own belongs to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Say yes. I will give you up. Don't run from the altar. I will give you up. Don't run from the altar. If all is what you must I mean, it would come to the altar tonight. I will not withhold. I bring it all, Lord. Give
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Would you lift your hands and love him one more time? Almighty God. Almighty God. We receive your word tonight, O Lord. You have called us for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Brother Gidrose, for reminding us tonight that that New Testament revival, all the things that we mentioned this morning, we didn't mention that a big part of that revival is those disciples, those followers, those New Testament believers bringing everything and putting it on the altar. That was part of how they had revival. They gave it all. They put it all on the altar. Sometimes people will say, well, pastor, I don't know if I believe in paying tithes. That's, that's more Old Testament than New Testament. I said, okay, let's follow the New Testament model. They sold everything they had and brought it to the church. <laughs> it's amazing how people are ready to go back to the Old Testament after that. But what a beautiful, beautiful message. You know, folks, the Lord owns it all, right? We just get to manage and lease what he puts in our possession, but he owns it all. What a great God we serve. I feel in my spirit that God is calling us as a church to a place of sacrifice. And I don't know what that looks like, but I just want you to be in prayer about it over the next few weeks, maybe between now and the end of the year. Maybe God's calling us to a place to do something significant. So many times we give out of abundance, but maybe God's calling us to a place of sacrifice. And I just ask that you would be in prayer about that, whatever the Lord puts on your heart, whatever you feel, I know that God will direct you, your spiritual people, and I know you have a heart for the work of God. But whatever that looks like, whatever form or fashion, let's say, God, I put everything on the altar. If it's on the altar, it'll be anointed, and if it's anointed, God's protection will be upon it. You believe that? Amen. I believe it. Why don't we dismiss in prayer? Lord, we're so thankful for your anointing, thankful for your blessings. What a beautiful day. You have reminded us, Lord, of our mission. You have reminded us again, Lord, of what you bless. You bless what we put on the altar. And God, you are calling us to a, a special place at a special time. And I'm so thankful, God, that you have given us men and women of courage, determination, men and women of sacrifice. And I'm asking you, Lord, as we go forward, let there be a, a changing in our mind and our concepts to say, Lord, it all belongs to you. You just let us be a part of it, and we give you praise for that. Now, as we're dismissed in Jesus' name, I pray your blessing upon every home, every family. Keep us safe as we come back together again on Wednesday night in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.